1: I'm Alice Living, best-selling author, personal trainer, and your host of Give Me Strength. What makes a strong person to you? Could it be the kilograms in your deadlift, the miles you're able to run, or is it as simple as saying how you feel, an inner feeling of strength that's there regardless of your fitness abilities? Each week, I'll be looking into this concept, asking extraordinary women about their ever-evolving relationship with exercise and how their experiences have shaped who they are today. Together, we'll discuss the positives of living a stronger life, both physically and mentally, in the hope that we can inspire you to do the same. Welcome to Give Me Strength. I am so excited to have my next guest on the podcast. Tally Rye is a personal trainer, co-founder of Girl Gains, founder of her Best Me Retreat series and the fabulous co-host of the Fit and Fearless podcast, which I've had the pleasure of being interviewed on. Above all that, she is one of my closest friends with a story that resonates with both myself and I'm sure with so many of you listening. As probably one of Tally's earliest fangirls and followers in the early days of Instagram, I remember Tally's perfectly posed porridge photos and workout videos from the gym. It's funny how you can feel as though you know everything about a person from social media without ever really meeting them. But I do remember that when I did meet you, we clicked instantly and have been friends ever since. I think one of the main reasons why I wanted you to be a guest on my podcast so much was that you're so open and honest about your own relationship with exercise, what brought you to it early on, how that relationship changed, moving forward to where you are now. So I thought I would kick off by sort of asking you how you came to exercise, because I know that wasn't something that you connected with from like a young age. And was it sort of the physical strength that you were craving first? Or was it more of sort of a mental resilience that you were looking for?
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know. if I, I've never thought, um, was I looking for mental resilience or physical strength? I had, so yeah, backstory, avoided things like PE and sport and anything like that, like the plague. I was like quite a musical kid and a bit creative. I wasn't sporty. I use quotation marks at all. <laughs> um, just had no exposure to that. No one in either side of my family are. So um for me to now sit here as, like, a personal trainer and fitness is kind of mad. But I came to it through the arts, and I got really into musical theatre, and I kind of got suggested to me, like, I was quite a natural singer, and someone said, suggested to me that my voice really suited musical theatre, you should, like, really consider pursuing that, um, when I was about 17. And I did like a school show and I didn't realise musical theatre is obviously singing, dancing and acting. Dancing being the thing that just was forever my nemesis throughout my training. Um, And so after school, I decided I didn't want to go to uni or anything like that. I was going to be an actress in the West End because I am such a blind optimist. And I chose this career um, having never really had much dance experience. And so getting fit to potentially do my dream job was the motivation behind finding exercise and it initially just started by dance classes and then I started to become more interested in getting fit and started looking at going to the gym and like for many years I had no clue what I was doing but Mm. it was when I was at drama school in my second year and I had done a few Gillian Michaels DVDs (laughs) um I won't lie in my bedroom I was a a poor student I couldn't afford a gym membership (laughs) but there was a quite a cheap gym nearby and I got like one of those 24-hour gyms and I managed to kind of work enough time and my part-time job to get enough money and I invested in my gym membership and I went there and yeah it wasn't an escape like you went to drama school as well and you know that that's an incredibly intense environment it's completely Mm. unlike university um, in the sense that it's very disciplined it's very we were there eight in the morning till at least five o'clock every day Mm. and we were expected to be physically fit and it was, it was a really demanding, physically demanding job and so I was just trying to
1: be the best at the job I could be. Mm. I'm just going to cut in there because I think you said how you were expected to be physically fit and I think there's something in that because my experience of college was certainly that it wasn't actually physical fitness they were after. It was just to be smaller. You had to be thin. Yeah. And so, like, I, I saw actually getting physically fit as purely I need to be thinner. I need to lose weight because, like, that's what's going to get me to be seen. That's what's going to get me the jobs. That's going to get what's going to get me noticed. And I don't know whether you had that same experience of, of sort of having that connection. Because I know a lot of people's experience of fitness is that it goes hand in hand with weight loss. And they sort of associate the two very, very closely together. And that can be what complicates the relationship, I guess. And I don't know whether you you found that early on. So I chose my
2: language really carefully when I said that I was focused on getting fitter because I'm really aware of the language I use around fitness now. Mm. But absolutely my sole intent... my My thought was exactly that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to embark on... I'm going to get super fit because I did need this... Like, you do need physical stamina mm-hmm. to potentially do eight shows a week. But there was also a pressure to look your best. And obviously, living as we do in a society surrounded with diet culture, we believe that our best is our thinnest, is mm. our smallest. And growing up, I was kind of like a an average, probably like a 12 to 14 size. I kind of lived in a bigger body than I do now. And I then, having just incorporated movement into my life for the first time my body started to change and that mm. became really addictive mm. and then it soon became like just going to dance classes wasn't enough so I felt like I don't know about you but conversations in drama school were things like if you're a size 10 you need to be a size 8 like you should really be a size 8 because mm. if you're naturally a 10 then you A size 8 means you're at your peak. Mm. You're in your prime. And so there was a massive pressure. And I literally remember a casting agent coming in and saying, if you're a 10, you need to be an 8. If you're an 8, you need to be a 6. And I felt like I had quite strong resilience at the time. And I remember people, like some of the girls I live with, taking that hugely to heart and feeling like they suddenly had to really restrict. And I I mean, I know your college experience was quite a bit more dance-based. And I think they're a bit more perhaps their expectation was of like one certain like body type but my college was slightly more like singing and acting based which Mm. means that they're a bit more accepting that other body
1: sizes do exist but there was still a pressure. mm, I found that like my experience was either you were physically fit and thin or you were a character part and you were allowed to and and actually like you know I think actually what I now see you know hindsight is such a wonderful thing isn't it because I can look back and be like oh my god but when you're in it you just get sucked into this mindset of I have to do what they're saying I'm so desperate to succeed that I will do whatever it takes how old were you when you went I was eighteen when yeah, I was college.
2: So I did two years on, on another college that was like a really lovely college. Mm. And then I went and did three years and I didn't start. I turned twenty one in the first term. Oh right. Okay. So I was older, but mm. even then I think had I been eighteen seventeen, eighteen, 18, yeah. I think things could have become a lot more extreme mm. for me because it's
1: really intense. So I liken it now to sort of, you know, in the media and whatever, we only see one body type. Mm. So when you're growing up, you sort of automatically assume that that must be what everyone is trying to achieve is that body type, because that's all you see. And it's totally the same in theatre, like when I was growing up, I never saw anything but tall, leggy, thin, blonde, smiley, red lipstick. Like mm. that was my, that was my idea of what it was, what it meant to be successful in musical theatre. So that is what I went for. And it's sad because actually like now I realise that the the beauty of theatre is that everyone is unique and that mm. is your, that's your speciality. That's what makes you so special. And but, the same in life as yeah. well, of course, but like in theatre I, when I started auditioning I sort, sort of was in a much better place with my mindset and I felt felt like I could see that but when I was at college it was like I must look like everyone else and I, and I tortured myself like just waking up every day and thinking I'm not enough you know
2: oh absolutely you're made to feel constantly inadequate and I think that's personally why I decided to not embark on a career in theatre because I think deep down I just I think I'm a resilient strong person but it, it's hard to constantly feel like you're not enough and it's it's a competitive world out there and, and it is um, i've got i know people in the industry still and it's really hard for women in mm-hmm. particular and i do think there's a huge progression within the industry i think you've got like just talking about actresses who i think are kind of breaking that mold you've got carrie hope fletcher who was just in a leading mm-hmm. role as the like object of affection in a role in a show and i think i mean she's not a plus size woman but she is in probably like the average size of a woman Mm -hmm. in the uk Mm -hmm. and i think that's really exciting Mm -hmm. but there's definitely still people who are trying to tick boxes and the thing is the people teaching us and the people who have who are high up in that industry are of a generation where that was the norm Mm -hmm. and so it's the
1: future generations that are going to break those molds i think so moving forward you left drama school and then mm. along the way, you then qualified to work as a personal trainer. So can you tell me about, like, what made you make that jump? Because obviously you you were going down one career path. Mm. What kind of inspired you to, I guess, train as a personal trainer and want to work directly with clients? So... I, naively, I um, had discovered fitness at drama school and for about
2: 18 months, I think two years, I'd I'd shared it online as well. And that's Mm -hmm. how kind of we found each other. And we, I think we both like sharing our journeys. I was predominantly sharing what I was eating and um, a little bit of exercise and stuff like that as well. And that became really all consuming for me whilst I was at drama school to the point where I became rather obsessed. And I was very emerged in the social media fitness world and my head was very there. And it just meant that in my final year i was really distracted so like in rehearsals for like my third year shows i wrote an ebook full of recipes online and <laughs> i you know i should have been like thinking how am i going to get an agent and i was like how am i going to get more followers and how am i going to i just love this whole community because mm. i felt like i'd finally just found people who i could connect and resonate with like and a sense of belonging that are oh, massively mm. um and i think that's what draws a lot of people to social media mm-hmm. i just didn't have anyone in my in my kind of real life who who cared that i ate zucchini spaghetti kind of thing <laughs> do you know what i mean like no one cared <laughs> that i was making overnight oats so i just had to look to people on the internet to give me I validation <laughs> um so yeah i started sharing that and that kind of exposed me to this whole new world this whole to people like yourself um meeting people like xana van dyke and victoria spence who are the two other people who are part of girl games and who do fit and fearless podcast with me and they just kind of they were like yeah there's like personal trainers and there's all this fitness stuff and at the time it was very bodybuilding based and i that's the kind of content i was consuming and I left thinking, right, I'm acting as a part-time career, for if you're lucky, for a lot of Mm -hmm. people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to audition and then I'm going to train as a um, personal trainer Mm -hmm. and I'll do them both side by side and that's Mm -hmm. totally fine. And there are a lot of people in the fitness industry, particularly in London, that do do that very successfully. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Of course, moved home, did my... I did like a six-week intensive, went to like PT school every day, did my qualification started working in a gym in central London about three or four weeks later and I literally haven't looked back and later on I I had like an agent at the time and they were like yeah we're not going to go forward with you and I was Do you know what I had no feelings towards that I was so mm. indifferent because I know that fitness was where I was meant to be and it's been like a bit of a rocky bumpy road in terms of Figuring out my approach and my feelings towards exercise and how I want to do it. But I definitely started going into personal training thinking, I did it, so I'm going to help you do it, mm. um, which is naive and I think a tad arrogant of me, but I'm learning and evolving. <laughs> but yeah, that was my initial incentive was like, I did it. I want to help everyone get fit and healthy mm. because it's the best thing in the
1: world. But yeah, and that like, like I said, my thought process has changed somewhat, yeah. but... I found, and this is like full transparency, that like when I started working with clients, something that I became quite alarming was that my own flaws in my relationship with exercise were sort of being played out in front of me by my clients saying, you know, It's very easy to look at someone and say, oh, you should do this and you should do that. But then looking inwardly at yourself, it feels very, very different. And I think something for me that sort of instigated, I guess, my change in how I feel about exercise and and the journey that I've been on came from listening to my clients' experiences and hearing back what they were saying and that so much of that seemed to resonate with me. I know that you've talked about having, like, I guess, this kind of rocky relationship with exercise. But if you could just, I guess lay bare like how bad it had got yeah and then what it took to maybe shine the light on your journey with that and then how you've sort of helped yourself to move forward from from that
2: so it starts at drama school with me obviously I was working out on top of dancing a lot and I was also controlling everything I ate like when I say controlling I was my fitness pal queen I would another thing I would sit in rehearsals and just work out Add up the food I was going to eat for dinner, and make sure that my calculations are right, and I know there are so many people listening who have done it because I get to speak to these people a lot. So I was just really consumed with food and exercise. It was—it was just my form of control. It was a very uncontrollable time. Drama schools are very like up in the air. Who knows where we're going to end up? What are we doing? You're never good enough. I know what will make me feel good enough in me is me controlling what I eat, doing a, an awful lot of exercise and getting a body that's accepted by other people so i i did that a lot i was working out like six days a week i used to think that like if i wasn't in the gym for at least an hour it didn't it wasn't a valid workout i weight trained a lot i became very very lean i i got essentially like an instagram body but my goodness the amount of time and headspace that consumed for that to like be a reality was ridiculous and obviously I left the bubble of being a student and I came back to reality and I started working and and uh, I realized I couldn't control all those things as easily as I could before Mm -hmm. and therefore my body started to change because my body was like please put some weight on please (laughs) so I started putting weight on and like very steadily and 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 kind of slowly but as you know working in the fitness space that only magnifies your Mm -hmm. body image because Mm -hmm. you're kind of like especially when I had been this extremely like six pack lean person and for that to slowly be going and to feel that I needed that to validate my job and to validate who I was within the fitness industry that was a head fuck and so (laughs) I found that like I have wrestled with my body image and I, I wrote something on Instagram recently where I was reflecting back on my my kind of body image in terms of and how my relationship to exercise was and I think actually when I was at my least confident and when I was at my my most hyper aware of my body was when I was at my smallest because I was so obsessed with exercising and I was so obsessed with food and constantly like checking it there's like a mirror to right, and I'm like constantly checking myself in a mirror that I became so aware of any small little changes mm. whereas now now I'm much more relaxed exercise so in comparison to now I tend to work out like three four times a week mm. and I eat intuitively and I am just a lot more of a relaxed human which Mm. has come with time and work and maturity Mm. but I now don't really notice the changes in my body because I'm less focused on my body as the outcome of Mm. exercise whereas now it's all about kind of the holistic way that exercise can really just improve my
1: quality of life. Mm. I think something you've touched on there which I think is really really interesting is As women, the amount of energy, time, thought we spend on changing ourselves and if we could take that that amount of time in the day and spend it on doing other things that are positive what a better place we would all be in but it's really it's difficult when you're in that space to know sort of I guess to how to navigate yourself out of it when all you've known is hours of of energy consumed thinking about what am I going to eat when am I going to train how many steps am I going to do a day what mm. am I going to eat if I go out for dinner with friends and can I therefore have carbs or am I allowed to eat mm. yeah I think that's definitely something that like I think we're resonate with so many people. We'll be back after this. My view of that is
2: that, um, I'm going to get a bit political, (laughs) is that as women, I think it's just a form of oppression. Like, the way that we are, we give over so much headspace to the way we look, often for approval from a, a partner's gaze, I think. So, to me, there's much of it is just I think when for me a big light bulb moment was when I realized how my mind and like everything I had to contribute to the world was being held back because I was so obsessed with my body and the food I ate and the way I exercise mm-hmm. and actually I've been able to let go of that and I feel like such a more valuable citizen. Like, I feel like I can just give more. I I feel like I have more headspace to really think in a way that I think can positively impact other people, mm. positively impact people I work with, clients, but equally on a larger scale. And to me, it was like the real light bulb moment for me, and that's come in the last year, has been like, damn, if I stop giving this so much headspace, I, I have headspace to do incredible things. Mm. And... And that real sense of belief as well, because I'm not thinking, oh, I'll be good enough when I look like this. Because how many times, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I've met so many people who think... Oh, I, I don't want to go after that job I don't want to do those things because I'm not
1: ready because when I'll look like this I'll I'll be able to do yeah. X, Y, Z there's like this kind of like magic pot of like gold at the end of the weight loss rainbow yeah. that as soon as you get there suddenly all everything's going to be yeah. amazing and you'll be as happy as Larry and whatever yeah and absolutely it's, and it's really an internal job
2: as much as it's kind of like because the people who are, are telling you that it's, it's an external job are the people who are going to profit off of it mm. so just remember that like as humans like some of us when we embark on a a journey that's like when we are working out, when we are thinking about looking after our body through food and stuff, some people will lose weight. And that's Mm. not necessarily a bad thing. But it's just knowing that if you're looking at that for your confidence, think about the internal job. Think about how you can make yourself feel
1: more Mm. comfortable and find out what your voice is. Like, to me, that's just been so empowering. I think two things that have come from that that I've taken is that, one... You've just said that only in the last year was it that you came to that mindset. Mm. So I think, you know, for people out there that are thinking, I want to do this overnight. This sounds amazing. How do I get there? Like, you've obviously highlighted that this takes time. It's not something, it's not some light bulb that you can just switch off in your mind. Like, one day I care, the next day I don't. Like, it's Mm. it's really not that easy. But I guess the second thing that I was going to say was, without sounding really cheesy, how magical to use a, a great word because I do think it is that you feel as though you've come to a point now where you just feel so free and, and I've seen it in you and I think that's mm. the nicest thing is actually with you as one of my guests I've genuinely watched that journey and I've seen it like ha- unfold I would say so when I started working in the industry about 18 months in I
2: did a photo shoot and I prepped for like the first ever Girl Games photo shoot and you've known me then <laughs> I was miserable mm. I felt so less than and I felt so all I was doing was compare myself to the two other girls and I felt like, oh, like, what is my place within this industry because I don't look like them and da 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 And, yeah, for me, I mean, like, look, I'm getting towards that 30. And Mm. it's part of growing up. I think it's part of being human. And like you said, it's been, what, six, seven years in the making? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a thing that takes time, but Mm. it's a thing that I have to work at and practice. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it gets
1: easier as time goes by. Throwing it back to another great memory with you is uh the old Body Power days. <laughs> oh, we live for it. Well, I know. We live for it. So power. just throwing it back to that, I certainly felt like at that time, three, four years ago, there was like one look that we were all going for, and that was to be super lean, really ripped. And like I, I was there myself. Like I, I being fully transparent, that was that was definitely something that I saw as one of my goals. And obviously now that trend is slowly dying out. We hope, but I guess it's been replaced with a. a different trend maybe it's that people want a bigger bum or like yeah you know, there's, there's 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 always gonna be something, something yeah. and I think every woman obviously should have the power to determine however she wants mm. her body to look that's so mm-hmm. important and that's something that I remind all my clients that you have the choice it shouldn't be determined by anyone else but you but I wanted to ask how I guess how you feel about physique trends and what do you do to protect yourself from falling into that mindset like I said, like I don't care about my aesthetic particularly. Like it's not mm. something I give a lot of
2: headspace. So I don't have time to think about the trends. Mm. Like have to say though, fully was into like booty goals and getting like big bum and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just I personally can't be bothered anymore. Mm-hmm. I I think I'm like a bit of a, a rare personal trainer in the sense that. I'm quite happy to be average, like I don't need to do triathlons, I don't need to be a CrossFit champion, (laughs) I just want to exercise regularly and in a way that makes me feel good and I like doing a bit of strength training, I Mm. teach some spin classes, I love doing conditioning classes and stuff like that but I, to really achieve like a physique goal, you have to really dedicate yourself and I just can't be bothered, Mm. I really believe in in like intuitive movement as well like i know intuitive eating is a whole thing but i really love the the thought of intuitive movement i was reading an article this week that said like studies are showing that when you work exercise in, in a self-paced way and in a way you enjoy adherence so sticking to it basically mm. is a lot easier yeah and so i find that i know that i what i'm doing now i can keep up until hopefully i'm like you know got grandkids so That's the goal. For me, that's the the goal. It's just to keep myself ticking over. I'm quite happy being
1: average. Mm, I know, I love that. (laughs) So obviously you've spoken about how you've come on on leaps and bounds in terms of your, I guess, mental and physical resilience and strength. But I'm sure you, I, all of us have days where we might feel a little bit lower. We Mm -hmm. might have a day where, where we have low body confidence or just general low mood. How do you find yourself getting through that? So, days when I noticed my,
2: the, this little voice telling me, like, oh, me looking at my body in the mirror more, me thinking, oh, those, those jeans are a bit tight or something. Mm. And I ask myself, why is that a bad thing? Why are you thinking that? Where has that come from? And just like acknowledging it and being aware of it and being like, look, this is totally normal. Like you said, it's nothing, it, that thought process is not something you can snap out of and it's going to come and it's going to go. But acknowledge it, be aware of it, tell yourself, like, come on you 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 know yourself you know what you believe in mm. um this will pass mm. and like if I'm feeling sad I want to feel the emotion so I just kind of like lean into the emotion and I try not to suppress stuff I feel really lucky at the moment like life is treating me really well and I feel in a really good headspace um but there are certain things in my life that I find difficult and that's actually more personal stuff family stuff like I find mm. that harder but I think the process of liberating myself from living up to body ideals has been huge in like decreasing the amount of low body image mm-hmm. days particularly mm-hmm. I think the one thing that always was hard for me was comparing myself so mm-hmm. like I would compare myself to you I would compare myself to other girls within our industry who mm-hmm. we kind of like our peer group mm-hmm. and I for me the the low days would more come from a, a career perspective Or like why didn't I get that and two years ago if you asked me like and you can ask my boyfriend I had many conversations where I was like I don't understand why why I'm not getting opportunities or I'm not being able to do certain things I think it's because of the way I look because I know the same stuff I do the same stuff like I think it's my body that's holding me back but what I've kind of done is just let go of that because Mm. I am me and actually I know it sounds such a like cheesy thing but I am me and I'm unique and I have a Mm. unique insight and perspective Mm. that you might not have Mm -hmm. and other people don't have Mm. and I think that's a really important thing and I think it's about for me like I get real confidence in knowing that I'm staying true to myself and really like staying true to who I am Mm. and so it's been really really hard because I think life would have been a lot easier had I just decided to use social media for example in a way that would be very my body focused for example Mm. Mm -hmm to me that that was an easy option Mm -hmm. but I feel really lucky to have grown up with extremely principled parents and I was talking to my sister about this like we're just annoyingly principled people (laughs) and so sometimes (laughs) I'm like oh I wish I didn't care so much but I do and so I've I've just kind of stuck to my guns and do you know what this last year like I said Mm. having really worked out who I am what Mm. I have to offer Mm. and none of it has to do really with my body it's about I have so much more confidence mm. within that. And so I feel like you know, we everyone gets their moment. Everyone gets their time. Mm. And I feel like I'm I'm having my moment and I'm cool about it and I'm I'm stepping into it because I'm ready now. I wasn't ready I before. I love that. I love
1: that. What advice would you have for someone that does have a fat loss goal but doesn't want to fall into that obsessive mm. mindset?
2: Oh, it's such a, a MI field. So, I think you've got to ask yourself why. Why do you have that goal, mm-hmm. first and foremost? Mm-hmm. Who am I doing it for? Mm-hmm. What's the, what is my real motivation behind this? I think it was a health thing, consider the fact that for people who embark on diets, 95% of people can't maintain them in the long term. So, think about things that you can do to improve your health so like absolutely exercising regularly getting a a colorful plate of food and making time for your mental health so Mm -hmm. you know connecting with with other people whether it's like counseling therapy talking to someone Mm -hmm. think about all these things like think a really holistic approach to to your health and your body because Mm -hmm. when you do all those things your body's gonna gonna be where it needs to be Mm -hmm. and so when you try and suppress your weight below where where naturally it sits, mm. so your set point, eventually it wants to come back up, and then it, and then it may increase the set point. So my thing would be to think about a weight loss or a fat loss as a byproduct, and think about the process and enjoying it, and how, what you can do to sustain yourself long term, and mm. think about finding a sport or an exercise. you enjoy and it doesn't have to be the gym it can be like salsa class it can be Mm. horse riding it can be rock climbing and just find ways that you can incorporate all those things into your daily life like that you can do regularly and um, really like you and I both know that fat loss really comes from nutrition Mm. and so talk to a nutritionist and when I always say nutritionist I mean someone with a degree Mm -hmm. and someone not a personal trainer Mm -hmm. someone who is qualified in that field because there may be ha- underlying health conditions. There may be all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So only they can really treat, give, give you a picture of, of what's going on. Mm. But, yeah, m- my thing is I completely get why people would have a fat loss and weight loss as a goal. I completely get it. It's normal and it's encouraged by, like, public health. But think about long term because I think we get so caught up in, like, reaching that goal weight, that end mm-hmm. goal. Mm-hmm. And actually in five years' time, your body needs to be able to, to sustain what you're doing mm. um, because, it's all about like it's long term and it's not glamorous it's not sexy and it's not a like an easy answer to hear Mm -hmm. but just think what can you do consistently Mm because as we both know like whenever you're like working with clients from a training perspective it's all about consistency and sticking with it so like find what you love doing and find ways that it makes you feel good and then think about all the benefits of what you're doing that don't constantly come down to like a number on a scale
1: yeah i love
2: that it's a
1: very good answer i hope so (laughs) tell me what does strength look like to you? You can be completely yeah, honest so can say whatever you want. Strength to me
2: is particularly a woman or a man, but particularly a woman who really <laughs> knows her mind. Like I'm obsessed with Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who is this like leading politician like in America. She's like this new Congresswoman. She's my age. This time last year she was working in a bar, now she's in Congress, and she's completely changing policy. And to me, that is the absolute definition of of strength because i really believe in like inner strength i believe in mental strength in using your abilities and your talents for positive effect in whatever way it may be mm. um, and I I really admire those kind of women and you know I'm a big Michelle Obama fan girl yes. as well love so too. <laughs> I, uh, to me she is the definition of strength I think there's a real strength of character there and I think mm. that's really what I love and I really admire people who are like physically strong mm. but I think I'm really drawn to women particularly who are who are mentally strong who, who are really like changing things up mm-hmm. that's why I'm excited for this podcast FYI I'm going to plug your own podcast but <laughs> you were telling me your future guests and I was said to you this is the podcast I've been waiting for because Aww. I I love strong women and mm-hmm. I love listening to ambitious talented people who are expressing
1: themselves I love that well, thank you so much for being one of those <laughs> <laughs>
2: honestly this is an absolute final final
1: so. final final question who, I actually don't know the answer to this, oh. so I'm going to be excited for the answer. Maybe I don't um, know the answer. Who in your life demonstrates strength?
2: Oh, that's really interesting. Now you can make me feel emotional. Oh, um, <laughs> You can cry. Yeah. It's a safe space. <laughs> I would say my, you know what, my grandma has just completely blown me away. Twelve months ago, we lost my granddad. And... um I'd never really seen her cry before, and she's cried so much this last year. And do you know what? It's really powerful because I think that's really strong to be. I mean, she's in her 80s, so she's from a generation of like stiff upper lip, Mm. not showing emotion, Mm. and she's shown emotion and she's been really vulnerable. And to me, that is huge strength. And like, similarly, like, I've got like my mum and my sister who are just brilliant, and you know, it's just been my mum for the last 10 years, and so she's incredible. And I think, yeah, I'm proud of my the women in my life like my mum my sister my grandma for for being vulnerable Mm. and it's taken a lot for them to be vulnerable but Mm. it's really powerful and it inspires
1: me a lot so yeah I love that First of all, thank you so much for being a guest. I think you've been incredible. And thank you for opening up to us so much because I think what you've shared has been so inspiring and raw and honest. And that's the kind of woman that I love. So that's why I wanted you on so much. And yeah, I think you've shared some incredible stuff. So I just want to thank you.
2: Honestly, this has been a pleasure. And Alice, I just, I'm going to kiss her ass, but I just think, <laughs> I just think you're great. And of all the people in this industry, just... I just love how you're evolving and growing and the industry needs more people like you, so I'm glad you're in it.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. We all know how much powerful quotes can inspire us, so I've selected some of my favourite quotes from women who've inspired me to be your daily mantra through to the next episode. This week's quote comes from American speed skater Bonnie Blair. She said, no matter what the competition is, I try to find a goal that day and better that goal. Thank you so much for tuning in to Give Me Strength. Please do join us next week for more incredible guests. In the meantime, I would love it if you could take a moment to rate and review this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe if you want to be the first to listen to our brand new episode every Wednesday.